Have you hit it? Yes, you can see on your screen that it started recording. Oh, that's true. All right. I might edit this out. Welcome to Buena Vista, episode 150. I am Ben, and I am here on the set of the moon landing, here in beautiful Burbank, California. I'm giving notes to Neil Armstrong on how to pretend like he's on the moon better. <laughs> Sitting up the back of the set in a director's chair with someone else's name on it, reading a Mills and Boone instead of making sure that the flags aren't waving, is Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Huh? What's that? Mm. I was just reading about uh, somebody's turgid member. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh. Flushed cheeks and so on. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, you really should be, because I, I saw it looks like the flags are waving, but there's not enough atmosphere for that to happen, so. Well, uh, it might if- be my job, but also I want to know um, whether, you know, this duchess is going to uh, trust her heart and go with this stable hand that has been <laughs> ravaging her in the barn, <laughs> or if she's going to um, stay with her husband, the count. Hmm. Mm. So she is a duchess and her mm-hmm. husband is a count. Yes, they're both uh, divorcees who are remarried. <laughs> right, because you'd think she would either be a countess or he would be a duke, normally. You'd think that, you'd think that but think there's that. actually a very simple explanation mm. that you just heard. And I'm sure there's a very simple explanation for why Lucy is over there on the back of the set, visibly carving the letter C into one of the big fake rocks. Hello, Lucy. <laughs> why, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm is sure no one will job? notice. It'll be absolutely fine. No one will okay. see this in reviewing the footage later. There definitely won't be hundreds of hours of uh, YouTube videos about specifically this. So you're mm. probably fine. And they will be right to do so because what we are doing is very fake. Mm-hmm. Yes. And definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And it will, of course, far down the line lead to um, the creation of one of my most loathed documentaries, Room 237. Oh, God, it's so bad. So bad. Why did anybody? I just. I think my couldn't understand that one. My favorite thing of that is the carpet thing. Being like, it's exactly the layout of the launch pad of the (laughs) rocket. (laughs) It is a shape, a simple shape. I think um, what infuriated me about that documentary is that it could have been like ten or fifteen minutes long. It could have. They they started off with um, what was the what was the initial kind of theory? One of the one of the sort of oh, it was the Stanley Kubrick fake the moon landing, and The Shining was all his way of confessing to his wife yeah, and apologizing for how busy he was on that <laughs> moon landing stuff. And like, and it's very tenuous, right? There's there's things in there where it's like, hey, the kid. Uh, has a jumper on it with a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. That represents mm-hmm. a rocket ship. <laughs> Let's not jump to like, conclusions here. Pretty, pretty tenuous stuff, and and like there's there's a few other things, and then the next the next theory is like ah, it's actually about Native American genocide, and the entire substance of that theory seems to be like there's a brand of a flower in the background that has like a Native American head on it, and that's about it. And they just get 
worse and worse as it goes on. Like the um, the, then there's the ah, uh, it's actually designed to be played backwards over the top of itself, oh, and then man. there's all these moments of synchronicity, and the filmmakers are like, yeah, we did that, and we watched the entire thing, and nothing happens at all. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, there was a like art house cinema place here did a screening of that where they you do the two over the top of each other and I really wanted to get fucked up high and go to it and then just didn't. And that's my anecdote about that movie. Well, mm. it was probably fine in the end that you didn't because, um, yeah, I think my, my big takeaway from that was I, I felt like what they were trying to say was, wow, isn't, isn't art interesting, particularly art that is, you know, a little bit cryptic? And doesn't give you all of the answers all the time because all of these people can impose meaning onto it. You know, they can they can create their own meaning out of whole cloth and assign it to this thing. And it's like, yes, and you made that point in the first five minutes and then kept making that point mm-hmm. over and over with less convincing things to diminishing returns. And you could have just saved us all a lot of time. No idea what anyone was into it. Um, these are the dangers of filmmaking, the dangers of technology, like inventing rockets and pretending to have to go to the moon. Like how Elon Musk says that he's going to build a city on Mars and live in it. And that apparently means that someone should write an article God, that, I wish that he would. took a fucking Xanax again and wrote a tweet or whatever. <laughs> like how long, how long does it take you to get to, to die on the way to Mars or whatever? How long does it take you to die? No, how long does it take you to get to Mars on that <laughs> one-way death trip? You know, the one that like everybody was really keen to sign up for a while ago? I'm not sure. I've not looked into space stuff for about, I'm going to say, 16 years. Because that, w- that was the one thing I remember about the first people to go to Mars thing, is that they really had to reiterate the point, you will not be coming back. Yes. It's a long you- way away. I'm not sure that most people know this. It's, it's a very, very long way away. So far. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. How far? But the idea that like um, Elon Musk saying, yes, I'm going to build a city there, which means that I'm assuming other much lower paid people have to take the stuff there first, build the city and die on Mars so that Elon Musk can eventually show up and say, I invented Mars City. And everyone just jacks off to this. There's just a million men at home who think it's the best thing they've ever read in their life. Well, he's like 45 or 50 years old. And it, how, how many decades would it take to build a like just a structure on I mean, Mars? I, th- I think the idea is that they're all quite lightweight, kind of portable structures to start with. And then you, you're meant to be able to mine the materials to build stuff there when you're there. Making bricks out of Mars dust and whatever. Mm. Yeah, and none of this is going to be happening in his lifetime. I was listening to something the other day where they were talking about uh, making bricks out of human piss. Nice. uh, As a possible viable solution for building a moon or Mars base. The old piss brick. Welcome to Piss City, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So, yes, these are the dangers of technology and we have talked about the dangers of technology on this show before haven't we we sure do that quite a lot where's our threshold for like because you know things like a hammer is technically technology where's our cutoff for where it starts being bad you reckon uh 
these dang smartphones? I was going to say the fax machine, but the fax machine sucked. The f- fax sucked machine the was the whole not good. time. They suck so bad. My favorite thing about fax machines as a kid was that I could copy my drawings. You know, you'd put oh, the yeah. thing in and say uh. copy, and then I'd be like, "Wow, now I've got two shitty drawings of a tank. This is awesome." So it's just like a photocopier, except that the paper is way flimsier and mm. the facsimile is like much worse. Yeah, it looks like shit. Well, fax is yeah. thermal printers generally. Is that I why so. they look like garbage? They always look like shit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck faxes. You heard it here yeah, first. Fuck a fax machine. This is black Anti-fax mirror fax machine. Anti-fax machine podcast. I don't know. This hasn't happened to me for a couple of years, but like every now and then you'd look up like a, a government department service or whatever, and they'd still have a fax number available for yeah. it. Well, you'd just be like, how? Have you just got one still plugged in in the office that is somehow still working? Who is manning that fax machine? Are they even one making guy. fax machines? Oh, I watched, a, I watched a movie very recently. I watched the 1992 adaptation of The Firm starring Tom Cruise. Uh, still good. Still good. Baby Tom Cruise. And um, uh, horny Gene Hackman. Very mm. horny in that movie. Had me thinking a lot about Gene Hackman's looks and face. Were you... I mean, when you say it's a horny Gene Hackman, are you saying it, he that Gene Hackman evokes horniness or the character he's playing is particularly horny? The character that he's playing is particularly horny. Um, he's trying to fuck Tom Cruise's wife like mm. the whole time. Yes. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> yep. Um, part of the plot revolves around him inviting her to like the Cayman Islands um, to come and cheat on Tom Cruise. And then she winds up doing it as, as a way of like helping Tom Cruise, you know, uh, get incriminating evidence and stuff. Um, and when she shows up at the island, Gene Hackman is already in the middle of trying to fuck another lady. And he has to be like, excuse me, I have to go back to trying to fuck this lady. <laughs> um, so he's very, he's very horny. He's all over everybody. But he also looks like Gene Hackman in 1992, which is like um, the same as Unforgiven era Gene Hackman, you know? So horny. Anyway, pivotal plot point revolves around the reception of a fax. It comes out of the fax machine and then it falls off the end of the, the table and rolls under the table that the fax machine is on, leading someone to miss the message. It's very important stuff. And I was like, well, what do you have a fucking fax machine for? These are your first problem. I mean, there's probably... Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. they had all of the alternatives available to them that we do now. Could have just made a phone call, you know? That's true. One of them has a mobile phone in the Hey, movie. let me just uh, contact you on your little your beeper, your, your pager, tell you that I'm about to give you a phone call. Let me send you a message on your um, car fax machine. <laughs> 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 it comes out and immediately like flies out the top of the convertible, <laughs> you know? That'd be good. I wonder that. if those existed. Because, I mean, like, you could have car phones before selling a phone, so I guess... You, you'd be using the same network to send a fax, right? Carfax. Yeah, I reckon... Yep. I reckon it existed. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff <laughs> we, on here. <laughs> if not, let's go back <laughs> to like the back 80s the dangers and make a million 80s dollars on Carfax. It's going to be hmm. huge. But instead, we developed apps. Hate them. We developed apps. Hey, there's an app for that. Ugh. Remember remember that? No, I don't. What is that? 
That was the um that was the original slogan of the App Store when <sighs> when wow. we first got iPhones and we saw the untapped potential of being able to <sighs> wave your phone around and it made the lightsaber noise. Mm. That, that was awesome. And then you wave it the other way and it goes whoa, you know. Uh, or or get this, possibilities are endless. You could also have an app where you hold the f- the phone up next to your face and then you tip it up and it looks like you're drinking a beer. <laughs> do you remember those apps? That was a I do. different time. I do. It was a different time where like, um, yeah, the, the only point that you were proving that you could do a thing. <laughs> that was... That was it. Technically, I can make an app that does a thing that you couldn't do on a phone before. And now I just have 30 different, like, portals to hell on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, and luckily, all of them can track you all the time. That's and great. they're doing it now. Yeah. Uh, what's the latest on accidentally being tracked by a seemingly innocuous app, Ben? Well, uh, so this is... This is not the first time this has happened. Uh, people will probably remember that uh, there was a bunch of stuff, I don't know, maybe two years ago about Strava, which is that thing that uh, absolute oh, yeah. freaks like, presumably you, Andrew, uh, use yep. it to record your bike rides and your runs and stuff. Correct. People existing on a different level of motivation than I could ever even begin to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a bunch of fucking brain geniuses working for the military and the CIA and such, uh, you know, were publicly posting all their stuff while they were stationed at secret military bases and CIA black sites, which like is embarrassing for two reasons. The first being that obviously you are just like giving out extremely confidential information, uh, in the first place. But the second... The fact that you've done it kind of out of a form of vanity, almost. It's either you don't know how to turn your stuff on private, or you realize that it is public and you're like, no, people need to see. They need to see my time. They need to see my roots. Uh, But somehow, they've managed to do this again, but with an app that is even more um, embarrassing than that. Uh, So this is a, a thing from Bellingcat. Uh, where they have found out that a bunch of military and intelligence personnel can be tracked with the Untapped beer app. <laughs> Untapped is maybe like one of the strongest signifiers of just like a person you don't want to have a conversation with. That's like, exactly what I was about to say. I, I can't immediately know that I'm not going to get along with someone than okay. someone who would have this app. Even Can someone in, explain like, it to me? I don't know what the app is. So, this is a thing for, like, craft beer people, right? Kind of. Theoretically, it's a thing for craft beer people. Um, mm-hmm. Where you... They have, like... It's like Foursquare, but for craft beer. They have all the kinds of beers in there. If not, you can add them in. You say where you drank them, how good it was, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. You do check-ins. So, like, even in craft beer. Like, in craft beer bars... If someone comes in and you can see that they are putting shit into untapped, that's like an immediate groan. Because it's just like people that treat beer like Pokemon in this weird fucking fucked up little... It's really just... It was a huge thing a couple of years ago when people, like, it became relatively mainstream to drink craft beer. Uh, People who like to be huge nerds about everything in their lives got really into this. And now it's just like anyone still using it, you're like, oh, God, man, please just stop. Just, like, enjoy your beer. And then never think about it again. 
Uh, I, that's my favorite kind of reply if I post, um, if I do a post online in which I say, I am enjoying a beer. And I post a picture of like the can of lager I am drinking and somebody goes, oh, why don't you drink a real beer? Mm. Like a craft beer or whatever. And I go, cool, great energy into the world about a beer you didn't have to drink. Great. It's such a strange thing. I mean, that's also for me a larger structural problem with <laughs> how people use social media, which is when you just say the words like, I am enjoying this, and then a bunch of people will try and convince you that you shouldn't be. Yeah, someone will go, if given the opportunity, I would enjoy something different. That is the fundamental problem with what you have posted. <laughs> like, that. like the other day, I just tweeted like, oh, I enjoyed watching Ad Astra. And a bunch of people just tried to convince me it was shit. And I'm like, I just said that I enjoyed it. What are you hoping to do here other than be like, enjoy it less. It's so frustrating. It's like, come on, man. What do you, like, what do you want to happen here? Is your desired outcome for me to say, you're right. I did enjoy it. I actually just had a bad time. It's very strange. But people do that all the time with beer. Like, uh, I used to drink a lot of Forex because at one point it was cheap and also it was, you know, uh, still owned by the company that makes it, not one of the five giant horrible ones. Uh, and every single time I post a photo of the beer I was drinking, there'd just be like 20 people being like, piss, you're drinking piss. Why mm. are you drinking piss? Would you I'm believe like, that that happens when I post any pictures of a VB? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they've got a point, but well. <laughs> it's just weird. People weird, but yeah. So untapped is for those people. Uh, it turns out it's also for people working in like uh, highly classified locations. This is from Bellingcat. Uh, I love it. I love how this article starts from the first word. All right. Surprise! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I hope you're all ready for that. Uh, the beer rating app Untapped can be used to track the location history of military personnel. The social network has over 8 million mostly European and North American users, and its features allow researchers to uncover sensitive information about said users at military and intelligence locations around the world. <sighs> Examples of users that can be tracked this way include a US drone pilot, along with a list of both domestic and overseas military bases he has visited, mm-hmm. a naval officer who checked in at the beach next to Guantanamo Bay's detention center, <sighs> Just having a beer at Guantanamo Bay. (laughs) Just hanging out right outside the gates of Guantanamo Bay. Nice IPA. Enjoying a beer. Uh, Oh, you're drinking that? It's piss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And a senior intelligence officer with over 7,000 check-ins domestic and abroad. Senior officials at the U.S. Department of Defense and the U.S. Air Force are included as well. Uh, Cross-referencing these check-ins with other social media makes it easy to find these individuals' homes. Their profiles and the pictures they post also reveal family, friends, and colleagues. Um, so they, they've sort of posted a guide to how they do this, uh, which is quite detailed, because that's sort of Bellingcat's whole thing, the whole citizen journalism thing, where they're like, hey, here are the tools for you to look for this thing. Please use your spare time doing it. So they've essentially told you how to find and track military personnel through a beer app, which is sick. Nice. Definitely check out this article if you like. Unless it gets you shot and killed by the military. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, we... Well, uh, they don't seem very competent, pass. to be honest. Yeah, so true, I'm not super true. scared of them. Uh, through the location history of a user identified in a military location, it becomes possible to discover other military locations. 
Each new military location might reveal other users, and those users might in turn reveal new military locations. Oh, dear. In other words, we can now piggyback on users we have identified by looking at their location histories instead of having to spoof our location and check in. Keep in mind that this approach also has its limitations, as users can be confined to a certain set of locations depending on the branch they work in. If you visit untapped venue locations through the web rather than the app, they will list loyal patrons, the top 15 users that have checked in most frequently at that location. These are the perfect candidates to piggyback on, as they are both likely to have a strong connection to that location and be active users that will be checking in elsewhere as well. This allows us to map connections between locations. For example, by examining users that are loyal patrons of Dutch military locations and other military locations they have visited, we can begin to map out possible Dutch military connections across the globe, including locations of military exercises and missions. By comparing the location history of several different users, it also becomes possible to identify non-military locations they have in common. Think, for example, about bars and restaurants near sensitive locations that their visitors might go to in their spare time. In the Dutch example, it is possible to identify a resort soldiers went to after a mission in order to transition from military to civilian life. If, uh, if you are able to identify a Dutch service person and then you are able to identify a private residence that they repeatedly visit, you are able to locate a Dutch person's sex booty. Little <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, throwback. Nice. <laughs> uh, as with any social media, the photos can reveal more information on their own too. The difference is that with Untapped, the photos tend to focus a bit more on tables or desks where users place the bottle, and that they might be taken by slightly inebriated users a bit more often. <laughs> mm-hmm. They include desktops, documents, and plane tickets, but they also feature military hardware from time to time, below pictures taken at military installations. So the first one here is a picture of uh, what I believe to be a Weinstefana bottle, maybe, uh, with a little... Uh, credit card next to it with no redacted information. Well, I mean, they've nice. redacted it to put it in the article, but, you know. Oh, amazing. Uh, there's another one here where someone has taken a photo of a bottle next to what looks like a series of written down and crossed out passwords. Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there is uh, two photos of some F-16s that were in the background of beer pictures. And then there's one here where they've just had to redact the whole thing because all of it is sensitive military documents. They're so pretty cool. Yeah, but what kind of beer was it? You know. Yeah, that's you gotta let your bros know. Uh, beer looks like shit. I'll say that it looks like <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> it's not what I would have ordered. They fucked up. Mm-hmm. They fucked up. <sighs> it's just great that like there's something so strange about. The like these institutions hold unbelievable, unaccountable power, and they're also being staffed by complete fucking doofuses. Yeah, I feel like I, the story isn't so much about Untapped being like a problem. It's like how fucking stupid people in the military are. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I've I've been really enjoying. Uh, as you guys are aware, I have been doing that sort of extra podcast series on our. Patreon with uh, Riley from Trash Future, in which we are watching season five of crime crime series, crime network series, uh, Bones. And my favorite part every single week is that 
they just get to a point where they say, time to invent some forensic evidence. And they use some sort of gigantic supercomputer in a lab to like render a guesstimation of a thing that happened <laughs> or whatever. And, um, and of course, they're able to do all of this in half a second. You know, they can say like, we need to find a van that was rented in a different state 10 years ago kind of <laughs> thing. And uh, you, I love to juxtapose like the way um, investigative agencies are portrayed on American television. Oh, it's with complete, completely false. <laughs> with what is actually going on out in the world. Some guys that can't resist posting a picture of a beer in a comment that just says like, very hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> very hoppy along with... A massive list of part like the nuclear football code. You know, <laughs> here is the pin number you need to get into Guantanamo Bay. Uh, in the background <laughs> of my horrible triple IPA, just wonderful stuff. Um, and these are just part of the many, the many problems with technology. You know, the technology, as I will be calling it from now on, <laughs> the tech. Mm. Uh, as another example here from CNA. There was a little article about how in Singapore, an IT system testing glitch on Saturday, which was May the 16th, resulted in 357 patients receiving an erroneous SMS message informing them that they had tested positive for COVID-19. And that's not what you want. You'd hate that. It would really I'm, ruin your I fucking day. It would ruin your day for sure. Not even a we need to talk message, you know? Mm. Hey. <laughs> hey, can are you, you ring sitting the lab? down? Are you in a headspace to receive some information that may hurt you? <laughs> yeah, so it should be a series of messages. Hey, um, kind of need to talk to you. I hope you're sitting down. Gather your loved ones around you. Bad Maybe news start incoming. drafting your will, just you know, as a matter of course. Maybe instead the, the Singaporean Ministry of Health should send you a message that says, do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> you know? What, what's the good news? Uh, do you get to take some time um, off work? Yeah, maybe. Hey, once, uh, once, you've, once you've got coronavirus, then that's it out of the way and you're all good until the next time you get it. Oh, boy. Oh my goodness! So, um, so the messages, uh, so the Ministry of Health had been sent due to an IT system testing glitch. As we sought to improve the efficiency of our system, yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> oh dear. Two former COVID nineteen patients who received the SMS told CNA that they had previously been confirmed as negative and had already been discharged. Another patient said he received the message while he was in the resort community isolation facility. He was confirmed as negative the next day and discharged. Uh, you just you just hate to have it, but fortunately they took immediate steps to rectify the situation by sending a follow up message three hours later <laughs> to <laughs> say, "Ah, uh, sorry, sorry." Three Let's hours see. is a lot of time to like completely you telling a bunch of people you're going back through the list of people that you've seen. You're like mm -hmm. fucking scrambling. You're making plans, and then just to be like, "Whoops." <laughs> Lol, JK. Whoops. <laughs> you are fine. Um, Elna and I did a thing that we frequently do, which is to begin watching the first several episodes of a of like an, an hour long drama type show, uh, which we may or may not return to. And that was um, Ozark, the Jason Bateman. Oh yeah. Thing. 
I have mm. no interest in watching that show. Me and never either. will watch it. And that's fine. Oh, you. you're wrong for not liking it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like the the premise of the show is that he his family is unaware, but he is a money launderer for a cartel, um, and due to the events in the first episode, has to move to uh, the the Ozarks and start laundering money there. Otherwise, he's going to be killed by a crime lord. And he just has to go home and immediately inform his wife, well, uh, you have to, here's, here's what I do, by the way. Um, here's what is happening. And you will need to put the house up for sale within the next 24 hours. And I'm going to do all this other stuff. And then we're just going to take the kids and get on the way. And, uh, and I was saying to Elder, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what you'd have to do. You'd sort of have to say... We have several hours to get all of this in motion. Um, wouldn't be a lot of time for just dicking around. Like if you got your coronavirus message, would you? Do you think you would still be at home three hours later, or do you think you would be in at a hospital full of people with coronavirus saying, "I have received a message that I was not in I'm, the headspace for." <laughs> I'm one of these guys. I'm one of the coronavirus guys. Oh, yeah, God. I've been informed that I am a coronavirus man. But uh, no good. No good, I think. I think that these people have been given access to too much information, just like our good friend, celebrity chef Pete Evans. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the... Uh, that's not the story I thought you were segueing into for a second there, but sure, yeah. So, um, we have been talking about Pete Evans a few times on the podcast recently from the... Uh, endorsement of the biocharger NG um, for when you really need your molecules stimulated and you also have 15,000 US dollars burning a hole in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, although, as Theo discovered later on, there's also the $1,000 a year subscription model for new recipes and all the money you have to pay to get it shipped to you. Oof. Wonderful. I- insane amounts of money. Um, so there was that. There was getting fined by um, the, the, what do you call them, Therapeutic Goods Administration. Uh, he's had his posting lots of cool QAnon stuff, uh, losing his job on My Kitchen Rules, so on and so forth. So uh, we need I bet some he real... calls it uh, My Kitchen Sucks now. Oh, damn. Oh, got him. Pete Evans going in hard. <laughs> so um, not going great for Pete. Doing some pretty wacky posting, but luckily we've got some really smart people to defend him in the form of Jackie O of Wacky Morning Radio Duo, Kyle and Jackie O. And Michelle Bridges, who I think we all know as the personal trainer from uh, The Biggest Loser, the reality show, where you um, whip people until they lose like 40 kilos and ruin their lives as you just sort of kick them out of the show afterwards. Real dumb bitch, I will say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Did she like get get booked like drunk driving her kids around a while ago? I mean, I feel like that's not the sort of thing we should say without checking it, certainly, but... Uh, Pretty yeah. sure. I'm just going to sure. go ahead and say absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here from uh, the ABC, we have uh, Michelle Bridges and Jackie O have both spoken out in defense of embattled chef. Pete Evans, insisting he's not a, quote, crazy loon. Embattled. Don't we love the word embattled in Australia? 
It's a great one. Also, if you want to hear about a crazy loon, listen to the last bonus episode, <laughs> The Killing yeah. Loon. That's true. Um, during an interview with Michelle Bridges on Kiss FM this morning, Jackie O raised the topic of Evans and said she felt sorry for him. Uh, what do you think about Pete? Jackie asked. I actually feel a little sorry for him. I think in the media, they've painted him as some crazy loon, and he's not at all. He's just into health and looking at alternatives. He's just asking questions. Just, just asking questions. Reading the cue drops to, you know, learn about His health. Health. <laughs> yep. Mm. He's just reading the cue drops and asking questions about those, you know? Um, they are really going so hard on him. I think it's really unfair, Jackie O said. Bridges, who was on the show to promote her new cookbook, agreed and said that more people should be as outspoken as Evans is. That's another good one for you, Lucy. Outspoken. outspoken. Which is mm. a nice placeholder for psycho. Psycho shit. <laughs> <laughs> this person who is constantly like saying awful racist shit and conspiracy theories and stuff. Like, you know, Mel Gibson was uh, embattled and outspoken yes, for a while there, exactly. wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love him, the former Biggest Loser trainer said. In the media, I think sometimes you have to play this dance where you have to be beige. You have to say the right things. <laughs> Don't say too much. Don't say too little. I love the fact that Pete Evans is who he is and he's not afraid to be who he is and I think we need more of that. Jackie O replied, I would agree with that. Uh, the pair's comments follow Evans... <laughs> Evans' posts on Instagram last Tuesday in which he shared a detailed list which urged people to look out for certain code words and implied that mass trials and executions were happening behind closed doors. Yeah, that's just outspoken. Just that's just asking stuff. questions. Just asking questions. So um, Pete's, Pete's posted a, a big list of like, you know, all of the what what self-quarantined means and what tested positive for coronavirus means. And these are all variations of I confessed to child cannibalism crimes and adrenochrome addiction and stuff like that. Um, so the president of the Royal Australian College of GPs, Dr. Harry Nespolon, described Evans's post as one of the oddest things I have ever read and added that he was, quote, a little bit keen to make sure Peter's actually with his family or with someone else. Uh, if he really is in trouble, dare I say, he should make an appointment with his GP, and I'm really quite serious about that, he told Ben Fordham. Evans responded to Dr. Nespelon in a Facebook post and assured everyone he is doing fine. Quote, I have the most robust health, physical, emotional, and spiritual ever oh. at the age of almost 47 years, <laughs> and currently do not take any medications slash pharmaceuticals, Evans wrote. I send love and light to all the wonderful doctors and health workers out there that are helping people achieve long-term sustainable health. I have some wonderful friends that are great integrative slash functional medical doctors. So if I ever need any, scare quotes, help, I know who to go and see. And I guess the answer for Pete Evans is, I will go and see some other fucking whack job who was endorsing the biocharger. Yes. Like, the... These seem to be the types of, um, you know, health professionals. That but he, he won't has... need a professional because he's on the paleo diet. Yeah, he's basically immune to... Like, he, he stares at the sun multiple times a day. Sun's he has his, all of those... Sun's his hole uh, All of those pesky pharmaceuticals out of his system. Definitely sun's his hole I think he's actually sure. been relatively open about the 
well, I think sunning his balls is maybe the thing they say, right? That's that's like, yeah, yeah, it's for your testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say they say, I'm not saying medical professionals. I'm saying people <laughs> like Pete Evans say, this is an endorsement for getting skin cancer on your balls. <laughs> but it's just, it kind of made me think about how like um, having, how the, there's this sort of like a gulf between being in the middle class kind of range where you can afford like medical help. Maybe you have a job where you can take like um, personal leave from work. Uh, if you need like, you know, pharmaceutical prescriptions from a uh, psychiatrist or anything like that, you can afford to have them filled, all that kind of thing. And you can you can afford to get care. And there would be people... Um, below a certain level of income or financial support or family support or anything where you could be very aware that you have a lot of problems but be unable to actually obtain any kind of help for it, whether that be through having somebody look after your kids while you go and see a psych or Mm. taking time off work instead of being forced to not take any time off work because you're a casual or not being able to have any leave or not being able to afford access to all these things. But then there's people like Pete Evans where it seems like having you can be like independently wealthy enough that it also shields you from receiving any like competent medical care. Um, it kind of made me think of not to Steve Jobs. Much. Yeah, Steve Jobs, like um, Kanye West, you know, like doing his, hey, I'm extremely bipolar and I'm now off all medications and I'm doing great as I you know, post lots of like weird frantic stuff and do like 40 minute long self-actualization rants in front of a, an uncomfortable Joel Osteen audience at a mega church. <laughs> like some of that sort of stuff where it's like, you know, obviously we are not medical professionals mm. or anything like that. Um, but, but I think sometimes you can kind of look at how people are going over time and say, sort of seems like you're having a bad time right now, you know? And it would be great if there were people around you who were in a position where they could say, hey, we would like to offer you some support and help you kind of get into a space where right. where you're feeling good instead of feeling like there is a big cabal of pedophiles. But the people around right? him would all be supporting this, of course. Yeah, yeah. Or at, at the very least, I think like in the case of Pete Evans, you can be... Uh, you know, losing your losing your job on a TV station, you can be like, you know, losing sponsorships and that sort of stuff. But he clearly has enough money at this point that it doesn't actually have any material effect on his day to day life. Right, he's never going to hit some kind of rock bottom and rethink what's going on in his brain. Well, maybe, but I think that that would be a lot further along than it was from your average person. Yeah. Your average person who would get told, like, you can't come into work anymore because, like, all the things you're doing are freaking everybody out too much. Um, You have to take some time off and get right. And if you don't, you just run out of leave eventually and you cannot go back to your job. But when you're Pete Evans... you start blowing through your savings or whatever, if you have it. Just post this on Facebook and get a million comments about it. Yeah, when you're Pete Evans, instead you just post it to your millions of followers online because... um, most of whom just enjoy your cookbook, but are now exposed to a lot of things that you're saying. <laughs> well, you can post things on Instagram to your million followers like, 
why does the government think our immune systems can't fight the coronavirus without a vaccine, but 99% of people who came down with it managed to recover without the vaccine? Thinky, thinky emoji. That's so I like true. came down with it. I like came down with it like it's a cold, you know? Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. It's really kind of upsetting just realizing how little most people understand about like viruses, bacteria, things like that. Like even on a very fundamental level. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think um, a lot of people probably wouldn't be at like probably me included wouldn't be able to tell you things like the difference between, you know, a viral and a bacterial right. uh, illness, that but kind of stuff. most people, instead of just saying, hey, I don't really understand this stuff, uh, go online and read one thing and then they think that that's the truth and they've figured it out because Pete Evans figured it out. I will simply inform myself by going online and it rules that you can have um, other people in positions of influence with huge audiences like Michelle Bridges and Jackie O say, hey, you know, he's just asking questions, he's interested in alternatives, he's just doing his own thing and nobody should be critical of him. And meanwhile, here's a story from the SBS about how apparently one in eight Australians believe that 5G is spreading coronavirus, poll shows. That's such a high number. It's That's really such a, lot. a high number. Crazy, right? I'm surprised at how many people... I know, have seen people that they know on their own Facebook spreading this kind of stuff. Well, yeah, like all the 5G shit and everything. One in eight Australians believe that Microsoft founder Bill Gates is somehow responsible for the coronavirus and the 5G wireless network is to blame for spreading the disease. The same number of people believe the pandemic is being used to force people into getting vaccinations. Oh my god. The federal government has been forced to remind people that the claims are bogus and tampering with 5G towers is a criminal offence. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, yep. But don't touch our towers. Um, so yes, this, this new essential poll has revealed the proportion of people who believe in coronavirus conspiracy theories. One in five people believe that media and government are exaggerating the death, to- the death toll to scare people. One in five. Two in five think that the virus was engineered and released from a lab in the Chinese city of Wuhan, which the Prime Minister has repeatedly said there is no evidence to support. The same proportion of people rejected the theory, while a quarter are unsure. Two out of five people are like, this is a deliberate bioweapon to wipe us out. Yep. That's fucking crazy. That's a huge fucking proportion of people. Some of them think it was accidentally released. Oh, oh, that's all right, Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, two in five people are currently loading their stock whip into their car and driving on their way to the Chinese embassy. Oh, man. Okay, so this next, the next sentence after this, right? So keeping in mind that two in five think the virus was engineered and released intentionally or, well, released in some fashion from a Chinese lab, right? Uh an overwhelming majority of respondents, 77%, said the outbreak in China was much worse than reported in official statistics. So they think China did this on purpose, but also that it is killing way, way, way more Chinese people than are being reported? Yeah. I Well, it, yeah, it's killing, it's killing way more people than is being reported, but also that the death tolls are being exaggerated to scare people. Yes. Yeah, it's always... It's that it's simple. Al- <laughs> it's always cool with these sorts of things how you really don't have to fish around very far to see a lot of overlap between two things that are basically exclusionary of each other. 
Um, so that's pretty cool, and it's just nice to know that we have, um, you know, so many people in our media, like the like the footy players, like oh, all yeah. the NRL players who apparently are just a a big a big uh, cabal within the NRL of professional football players who are all like staunch anti-vaxxers or whose wives are also all staunch anti-vaxxers and aren't vaccinating their kids. And yeah, and people get on the get on the news and say, uh, well, none of our kids have autism, so... Huh? Cool. I did like there was a, uh, there was a thing on the news that I sort of saw where it was... Um, might have been uh, Maddie Johns, and they said he has something to say about this vaccination stuff, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" And um, instead, he was saying, "Yeah, my my son is autistic, and had been vaccinated and everything." And he said, "So of course, you know, you start looking for information and you find some of this stuff." And he said, "I kind of went down that rabbit hole and looked into it, and it's just all a great big load of shit." He said, sure it makes is. me really mad. Hmm. And he was like, a great big load of shit. It's based on, you know, barely anything. Some doctor ages ago who got himself disbarred for putting it all out there and everything. And people have just spun the whole thing off from there. No one has any evidence for it. And it just sucks. And I was like, wow, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but was strangely relieved by it. Yeah, that's a know? nice surprise. Yes, it's hard because obviously it's the kind of thing where, you know, very very similar, I think, to discussions around, like, climate change, where you can't, like, legislate saying, hey, saying that it's a hoax is is just off the table at this point because that, like, oh, that just feeds completely into the narrative of... The government yeah. wants you to stop spreading And that's what's the happening truth. here. They banned that pandemic video from Facebook, which just led all these people to believe that it's a huge government conspiracy. It's been silenced. Being silenced. And there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, so, I think we're going to have to segue. Mm-hmm. And that's a smooth segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we're doing a segue. Now, have you heard about segways? Because you're about to be in one. <laughs> segways are in the news at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But instead, it's time for Paging Dr. Lucy. Yeah. Hey, speaking of paging Dr. Lucy, mm. we are now doing that segment. We were wow. just speaking about that. Oh, that That's was incredible. Good. Now that, buttery smooth segue. <laughs> um, this is the old paging Dr. Lucy. We take a look at the uh, relationship advice section of Reddit's one of the worst places on the internet. And we, uh, we tell you what people should or should not be doing as a result. <coughs> Uh, so this one is entitled, my, this is from a 19-year-old female, boyfriend, a 23-year-old male, is an active 4chan member, let's break up with him, you're done, 
You're done. You could just end done. it there. Yeah. <laughs> cut it off. Cut it off. Uh, my boyfriend is an active 4chan member and created a rating scale for women. <laughs> she says, I know 4chan is full of stuff you can't take too seriously, but I just found this rating scale on his computer, which was created by him. I am so fucking upset, but I am embarrassed to bring it up. I accidentally found it. I swear I did not intend to go through his data. I have my doubts that he is attracted to me if he views women like this. I don't get why the hell he would collect pictures of gorgeous women and rate it. Why are men so obsessed with this idea? How am I supposed to keep this relationship going if I know I'm no more than a five or maybe six in his eyes according to his stupid scale? Now, at this point, I think we're going to have to explain the scale as it has been provided. So, um, let's see. Nine out of ten, we have a way too young Natalie Portman. Yes. I would say that this that this Natalie Portman to me looks like she is between the age that she's in in Leon the Professional mm-hmm. and the age that she's Phantom in in like Menace? episode yeah episode mm. one, um, which is like definitely under eighteen, right? Yes, and that she, is the only nine out of ten on this scale. Oh, she and she looks extremely like under eighteen as well. She still has like that sort of wispy hairline and is that, um, is that how you could date a human being by looking yes. at the wispiness of the hairline. The wispiness. Wow, all this bones is really <laughs> paying off for you. Teens do That's be right. having a wispy hairline. You got that right. I did it on my machine, my big bones machine. Um, so that's the only nine on the list. Uh, what else we got here? We've got... See, I I cannot identify all of these women because I, I assume... they're models. They, yeah. I uh, assume that some of them are like... Uh, so Megan Fox is an eight. Mm. It's Megan Fox in there. Um, who's that to the left of Megan is Fox? That, that is M. Ratajkowski? Yes. Mm. Yes. She's an eight. We've all seen what she looks like, right? No tens. No tens on here. No tens for this one. Well, maybe he's trying to do like a... You know how the Richter scale doesn't have a a maximum value? Because they don't know how big an earthquake oh, could possibly be. Oh, how high be. it goes. Yeah. So, maybe he wants to leave a little bit of headroom for when a ten comes along. You know? Oh, so, it makes sense. It makes mm. sense. Now, way down in the sixes, we have um, notorious brown bagger Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. I like this. I think you know it's hard for me to object to this without also ascribing to his own Ratings system of rating women. Not going to be you know, drawn into that. If you're going to indulge me for one second, well, it's very simple, Ben. All women are tens, especially right. Emma Stone, who is maybe something of a super ten, if you will. But she's down there with the sixes. She's in the Real sixes. Ugly bitches like Miranda Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll say this God if um. <laughs> I'll say this if like what how <laughs> go on <laughs> um Alison Brie I, in the fives Come I was on, going man. to say I would assume based off this that personality is not entering into this in any way oh. certainly not hmm. okay all I can think about is how this man looks and I feel like I can very much picture it you know how there's, like, so, a couple of, like, images that have been the canonic photo of a computer guy as memes for, like, the last yes. 20 years? It's like the one dude with the, the neck beard and the ponytail sitting his computer That's slightly sweaty. out of focus. Yeah. This yeah. should be one of them. Yeah, it's, uh... So, scale aside, I feel like this is just a prime example of why women should not 
should just break up. If you're under 25, just break up with your boyfriend because you've as made a bad choice. As soon as you are concerned. <laughs> as soon as you're concerned about anything. He's got Miranda Kerr as a six. And then, of course, go, going all the way down to the scrapings of the bottom of the barrel, the fives. Um, classic five, Liv Tyler. <laughs> Ugh. Young Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, that plug ugly wench, Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Lively is a five. I would love to I would love to push this guy in front of Blake Lively at a Hollywood party and say <laughs> Tell her she's no, a five. Tell, show her the show her the scale. <laughs> show her how she is half of a good looking woman to you. It's just Why? exactly like that tweet that's like, time to look for a perfect wife on the internet, not Rihanna. Her forehead is too big. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a 20-year-old photo of Sarah Michelle Gellar in the bottom corner of this image? Well, I'm assuming that it's for the same reason that... Um, I'm assuming it's for the same reason that there is a picture of, like, tween... Natalie Portman is because this is the point at which she she is most attractive to him. Mm, oh, yeah. it's uh, before they've hit the uggo age, which for women I believe is twenty five. Oh, twenty five, oh. sure. <laughs> I'm going to guess for this guy, it's, on the eight, man. it's eighteen. It's definitely eighteen for this guy. <laughs> oh dear! You definitely uh, know that at least once in his life he said, uh, "Actually, it's a febophilia," and it's. <laughs> For sure. I think the most upsetting thing in this is like her response to this because she's 19. And when I was 19, my brain was malformed like a baby's brain mm-hmm. when it came to dating men, which makes sense. She's like, I have my doubts he's attracted to me. <laughs> if you've used oh, like this. Yeah, that's it's not the like issue. my boyfriend's a fucking crazy, horrible <laughs> human being. It's just like, damn, I can't compare to six Emma Stone over here. My, like, psycho boyfriend who was raiding women like pieces of meat might not like me anymore. <laughs> my God, he maybe... doesn't think I'm pretty. <laughs> maybe maybe he craftily um, left this out for her to see. And then the next one's a picture of her that says 10 on it. <laughs> Damn. He loves me. <laughs> oh. Be genius. Oh, I just, I can't, I cannot imagine... The brain that it takes to go, well, time to, like, see, seeing a picture of a famous woman and going, well, time to plot this one on the... Time to plot this one. Get out Photoshop. Save a picture of it. Put it on my little map. Put it on my little map. Um, she said something I didn't like in an interview. You're getting downgraded to a seven. <laughs> you know? Oh, wonderful stuff. Men... Can't yeah. live with them. You can live without them, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Men are the worst. And one of the men specifically was the worst. That man, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Country roads, <laughs> take me home to the Can I just say, that is literally the first time that I've heard someone use the phrase, and that man, 
was Adolf Hitler, where Adolf Hitler was actually the man being referred to. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. It was amazing. Oh, so it's, uh, it's Nature Corner and time to talk about Adolf Hitler. Um, with this story from the Sky The most News, dangerous animal. The most <laughs> dangerous animal of all. One hand-reared by Mr. Hitler. I feel like calling him Mr. Hitler is a little too respectful. <laughs> Mr. Hitler. I don't it's think like I've when ever people heard are like Mr. Hitler. <laughs> Mr. Hitler, Trump. Sir? You know when they do the same thing with like, uh, Mr. Trump, sir, please delete this tweet. It is rude. <laughs> Mr. Excuse Hitler, me. please stop Mr. doing World War II. <laughs> I must insist that you stop World War II immediately. Um, so we got some sad news this week on the animal front, or happy news, depending on how you feel. <laughs> About Adolf Hitler's former pets. An alligator believed to have once belonged to Adolf Hitler has died in the Moscow Zoo. The believed is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this um, in this, this lead. Is, I've never heard about Hitler's alligator. We all know life. about his dog. Uh-huh. His German Shepherd. Um, although I would also say in the, uh, in the headline we have Adolf Hitler's pet... And pet is in quotes. Mm. Alligator dies in Moscow Zoo. And then the first line is, an alligator believed to have once belonged to Adolf Hitler. <laughs> oh, and then later in the article, they just call it a myth. Like it's Later on, they're like, it wasn't his alligator, though. You, you know. can use scare quotes to just lie in headlines, which is really fun. It's uh, pretty cool. Mm. I fucking was just looking at an article before where the fucking NBC put up this thing being like brain coach used by Elon Musk uh, three tips to learn anything faster and then there's one paragraph in here that says uh, according to Musk his ideas sound sensible but he was not my or SpaceX's brain coach I think he maybe gave a talk once but they just <laughs> left the headline as is even though he's he's not that weird nice uh, the zoo said that the reptile called Saturn was around 84 years old when he died on Friday. Damn. Old fella. Saturn was born in Mississippi in the US and was later gifted to the Berlin Zoo from which he escaped when it was bombed in 1943. What? Did Hitler bomb it to make his escape? I've heard tell of a particularly evil alligator. (laughs) He must be mine. Uh, His whereabouts were unknown until 1946 when British soldiers found him and gave him to the Soviet Union. Uh, This is a statement from the Moscow Zoo. Almost immediately, the myth was born that he was allegedly in the collection of Hitler and not in the Berlin Zoo. Hmm. Um, Now, that seems to be putting paid to the idea that I guess uh, Saturn the Alligator was a Nazi collaborator. I think it's a pretty rude thing to think. He's had to live his whole life with people being like, that's Hitler's alligator. It's <laughs> fucked up. Please, I'm just a regular alligator. <laughs> just a regular, snatched from my birthplace in Mississippi, sent overseas. Misunderstood. I feel bad Bombed. Bombed, sent to Russia, called Hitler's alligator the whole time. Like, Hard fuck life. you. Fuck them. Just a regular alligator. Um. So, So even if you don't think... Well, even if you do think that um, he was Hitler's alligator, the Moscow Zoo says, Animals are not involved in war and politics, and it is absurd to blame them for human sins. (laughs) That's so true. I feel like that came out of the translation really nicely. (laughs) They definitely chose the best wording for it. It's such a like... Blaming him for Hitler's actions. (laughs) 
if that sentence was in a Werner Herzog documentary, you like wouldn't blink an eye at it. It's just mm. so just it's beautiful. It is absurd to blame them for human sins. <laughs> That's quite a good Werner Herzog. I um only know his voice from Jack Reacher. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> There's a one of his documentaries, uh uh Cave of Forgotten Dreams or something mm-hmm, is about mm-hmm. the like thirty thousand year old cave paintings, blah blah blah. But like the end of it is him trying to draw this insane metaphor about a nearby alligator farm. And it's just like ends with him being like, These blind white alligators are staring at the future like us. And you're just like Okay, buddy. Okay, sure, fair enough, mate. Go off, King. He is a wonderful man. Oh dear. Moscow Zoo said it had the honour of keeping Saturn for 74 years and tried to look after him with maximum care and caution. They noted that he was a picky eater and an excellent memory, had an excellent memory of trusted keepers. He also loved a brush massage. Brushy, 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 (laughs) you know? Oh, who wouldn't love to be brushing a big old alligator? Oh, he sounds I bet it would be very satisfying to brush an alligator. Yeah, I think so. Um... Just make make my pole extra long. <laughs> yeah, you know? brushing it from twenty five feet away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if something was not to his liking, he could gnaw apart steel feeding tongs and concrete decorations. He's a cranky bitch. Cranky <laughs> if old. The decorations fella. were not to his liking. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fussy man. He oh, likes dear. what he likes. Hmm? Well, liked Can't what he him. liked. Rips. Uh, Hitler was, of course, portrayed as an animal lover in Nazi propaganda, which often featured his beloved German shepherd, Blondie. <laughs> now like that a, dog, that mm. dog was a fucking Nazi. That was an evil oh, dog. for sure. It's like a running joke in uh, Danger 5 that everyone is like starstruck when they see Hitler's dog. <laughs> oh my God, it's Hitler's dog. <laughs> cool. Oh dear. And I think that that will do us for this week. Rest uh, in peace you- to Saturn. Rest in peace, Saturn. Poor besmirched alligator. Mm-hmm. Have we got a uh, crime pass for this week? Uh, you can bomb a zoo, releasing <laughs> all of the animals. Huh. Okay. Yep. Let them be free. Let them be free. It's where yeah. they belong. You cannot. It is absurd to blame them for human sins. So. That is true. Release all the alligators from the Melbourne Zoo into the Yarra. You know. <laughs> Let them yes. out there. Uh, so yeah, if you want to write into the show about anything, let us let us know something. You can send an email to mailbag at buntavista uh, If you want to call us up, and leave a message on the hotline. Australian listeners can call one eight hundred three one seven five one five, and American listeners can call the Seppo hotline. Ugh. Yeah. On seven three two eight seven six three four four six. Uh, and of course, we are still keeping our bonus episodes free for crazy lockdown restrictions time. Although restrictions coming are coming to the end moved. of it, got to make an executive decision soon. Can't just keep giving yeah, it away, you know. Oh, so you're the executive? Well, I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're an executive team. Um, That's so true. So, uh, so yeah, they are still unlocked for the moment, um, but there is an, another series of podcasts happening on the Patreon, which you can get to at patreon.com slash Vista, or if you just want to support the show. Um, and hey, maybe at some point we will lock them up again, you know? Or maybe we won't. Who knows? We'll, we have to figure out who's the executive first. We, yeah, before we can make any sort of executive decision. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just also as a follow-up, uh, Michelle Bridges was absolutely caught drunk driving, so that's not defamation uh, from us. Had a child in the back seat. Again, not defamation. So she blew 0.089, which in Australia, nearly twice the limit. In the US, you're only 0.09 over the limit. I still can't. It's fucked up that's how crazy. high the limit is in the States. It's wild. It is wild. Huh. Well, uh, take that, Michelle Bridges, and we yeah. will see everybody else next week. Bye. 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 She's just looking for alternatives to driving <laughs> safely. <laughs> just exploring the options. I could drive sober and not crash my car, or I could get absolutely fucking tanked and run into a jewelry store. Just asking questions. Just asking questions. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Ben has found his place.